We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm James Anderson, joined by Nick Whalen. Going to do kind of something different today. Usually we uh, talk about uh, kind of whatever we want to talk about in the NBA. Uh, today, unfortunately, we're going to actually stick to fantasy and talk about last night's staff keeper league auction slash reserve draft. And what a night it was, huh? Yeah. Uh, you and I and, and DJ got together and... and did the auction while watching uh, Game 4 of the NLCS. It was pretty good times all around. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a pretty fun league. It's my favorite fantasy basketball league I'm in. It's a 12 teams uh, keeper league with minor league slots or, or D-league spots, I guess you could say, so we can 
you know, keep uh, guys that aren't going to be playing much uh, from year to year, and we can also keep players that we, we buy in the auction and get in the reserve draft uh, from year to year. You're allowed nine keepers. You're allowed to keep a guy uh, for three years for the, the price you bought him for in the auction. So it's, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to kind of construct your rosters. Uh, you know, I, I finished third in this league last year. Uh, came in with with a pretty decent team. You, this is your first year in the league. You took over. That's right. A team. Uh, what was your kind of takeaway from from your first uh, auction in this league, and and how do you think you're going to be able to compete this year? Yeah. So, like you said, I took over a team. Um, so obviously, didn't have a ton of control over you know what, what the roster situation was, but I got Carl Towns and Steph Curry as the, as the key holdovers, I guess, from that team, as well as Reggie Jackson, which. You know, two weeks ago looked like a much better asset than he does right now. I'm a little concerned, um, uh, you know, about his long-term future, but a decent base. I'm, I'm still kind of feeling out the league. I think it's going to take a couple weeks at least to see where I'm at. I don't know if I'm really going to try to compete this year or if I'm going to try to build a little bit for the future. But uh, as far as the auction is concerned, I I went in with I think forty eight dollars um, with the, with the goal of grabbing an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James and. As is often the case, um, you know, guys like Davis and James were nominated early, and the values were were kind of all over the place. Now, so I okay, let's let's get right into those those top guys because I think that the at least from my standpoint, the the best values of the draft were uh, early on and very late. So if you if you spent money on on those top guys early on, I think you got pretty good value. If you uh, you were able to get good players for for like four or five bucks pretty late too, just because teams kind of ran out of money while there were still good players available on the board. Uh, let's talk about LeBron and Anthony Davis though specifically. I know you you probably uh, seemed like LeBron was probably the the guy that you wanted the most. He ended up going to, uh, for forty one bucks. Do you regret not going to forty two there? Uh, yeah, I mean not as much as I don't. Or not as much as I regret, I guess, not going to 37 or 38 for Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis went for $36 in this auction, and I think he was one of the first three or four guys nominated. So people were a little bit skittish, you know, as far as, you know, I mean, if, if you want to pay up a lot, of, if you're getting $37, $38 for Davis, that could be 90% of your budget for a lot of the guys in the league. So I think, you know, some people, you know, especially guys like myself who haven't been in this league before, I was a little bit. Uh, you know, skeptical of paying that much, but in retrospect, you know, considering the rest of the, you know, how the rest of the auction turned out, um, I do wish I would have paid up for Davis. But I was able to get Clay Thompson for twenty eight, which I was pretty happy about. A- after Davis and James were off the board, he was the guy that I was waiting for. So it took a while for him to be nominated. Luckily, you know, two or three guys in the auction had kind of ran out of enough money to bid on Thompson. I-, I was able to get him for what I think is a pretty good value. Yeah, to put that Anthony Davis purchase in perspective. Uh, LeBron for 41, Kyrie Irving 32, John Wall went for 41, uh, Darren Williams went for 19. 41 for Wall. Right, yeah, I mean, I think you can you can understand why someone might discount Anthony Davis based on injuries, <clears throat> but to me, John Wall also carries, you know, I, a, a notable injury risk given the the surgery he's coming back from. Both I mean, knees. Any kind of any anytime you have a knee surgery and you're you're a point guard and you rely that much on athleticism and, and and speed, I think it's it's worth factoring in a little bit of risk there. So I mean, to, for Anthony Davis to go for five bucks less than John Wall is is pretty crazy. I know this league typically uh, people get very aggressive about assists because. 
you know, that's that's the tough. That's the one category you're just pretty much never going to be able to make up off of waivers. Uh, it's tough to make up through trades, so you, you kind of got to go get it in the auction if you want to uh, finish high in that category. But you know, Anthony Davis, health, you know, big question mark. But if he were to stay healthy, he would probably be a top three or four player in the league. So that to me was the best purchase mm-hmm. uh, among the, the the top guys. There were a couple puzzling ones. Uh you mentioned Darren Williams going for 19. There was some kind of, and this happens with every auction that I've been a part of whether it's NBA or or football. Uh is there's always just random bidding wars that emerge late and you know for whatever reason people love Darren Williams. The same thing happened with Darren Collison. Right. I mean Rudy Gay went for more than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean this is the the part of the draft and where you or the auction where you just never want to be spending money is that kind of you know you're you're 60 70 percent of the way through you have all the all the studs are off the board and you have four or five owners who have too much money left and there's just no way for them to spend it all responsibly and you have these middle i I don't even want to call these guys middle tier guys i mean to me they're kind of you know collison rudy gay darren williams they're kind of secondary or supporting pieces really they're not guys Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not guys that you want like for the future either right that's what was kind of odd to me about spending a bunch of money just to spend a bunch of money because you don't have anyone worth spending it on really uh that that's where you don't want to be and that's why i think you know i i don't know if i regret necessarily uh bowing i wanted Kyrie irving i i kind of wish i'd gotten to 33 on him uh anthony davis i just looked away for like 10 seconds assuming that people were going to push him into the 40s and then i looked back and he was gone yeah, looked, looked away to grab a Michelob blight <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was grabbing a Michelob blight and, and tossing it to you and uh yeah no i mean it there's you want to better to spend the money uh, spend a bunch of money early on like a stud and end up kind of mm-hmm. filling it out with one dollar and two dollar guys than to just be like, well, that's too much for me, and then and then you hold a bunch of money, and you, you end up kind of walking away with Rudy Gay being the best player you bought. Uh, so you you made five purchases in this auction, as did I. Um, who was your best value for for team Nash rules everything around me? Uh, you know, I, I think I, I didn't go into the draft or the auction at all with any intentions of ending up with Ben Simmons, but he was sitting there at six bucks. And I just couldn't allow him to be sold for that, so I went to seven. I I would have been fine if someone just kind of kept pushing me, and I, I pushed him say into like the twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollar territory. I would have happily bowed out at that point. But uh, getting him for seven to me is, I mean, that's you know heading into next year that'll be a, a top three or four keeper in the league, and then. Uh, Kyle Korver at five. You know, when you consider that a guy like JJ Redick went for sixteen, I think Korver. You know, just flash flash back to the start of last year. You know, Corver kind of has a a breakout year in in 2015, and then injuries kind of contribute to a, a a pretty underwhelming year, especially the first half of the year for Corver last year. But going into last year, you know, rotisserie format, I think I think of Corver as a top 30 player just because of what he gives you in the the percentages and, and three pointers. I, I kind of missed out on guys like Kyrie and, and Darren Williams and uh, Evan Turner, who I was going to try to have help me compete uh, to finish top three or four in assists. So I kind of went after three-pointers at that point, knowing that by adding Korver, I already have Devin Booker and Zach Levine and, and Russell Westbrook and 
uh, guys like that, Paul George, who are going to hit a ton of threes, adding Korver to me, I think gives me a shot at winning that category. And I don't really see a big difference between him and Redick. Uh, Redick could easily kind of have the year that Korver had last year. Uh, when you have these guys that have, you know, historic three-point shooting seasons and they're that's what they are as their specialists, I think it is kind of year to year based on you might shoot 48%, 46% one year. You could easily go down to 40% the next year. You could easily, you know, get hurt and, and miss miss some time. So to me, getting quarter for five was, was pretty solid as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think our, our colleague Eric Couturia uh, did a pretty nice job overall. A few of the names that you mentioned you wish you would have bid on, Evan Turner, you know, J.J. Redick. He, he got Jimmy Butler for 24. He got Marcus Saul for 23. Uh, even Del Vadova for a dollar. I was in on Stanley Johnson. Stan, yeah. I, I wanted him for, for six or seven. He ended up getting him for mm-hmm. eight. Um, you know, the did you have a, like a, a plan on the secondary guys? I know you talked about uh, LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis, you, mm-hmm. you were happy to end up with Clay Thompson, but you ended up, I, I liked your George Hill buy for 13. Uh, Solomon Hill was a guy I didn't have a, I didn't have a roster spot for, but he was someone I was going to target on the reserve right. draft. Were, were those guys people you had like specifically in mind, or were you just kind of waiting uh, and, and ended up with who you ended up with? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I had him in mind when the draft started. Um, you know, once the first you know, 15, 20 guys are off the board, then you kind of have to start mining through. You know, I think after I bought Thompson and Hill, I had something like, you know, six bucks left. So at that point, you know, you're kind of scrapping and looking at who you can grab for one to three dollars. And I mean, my, my my main priority when you're looking at those type of players is, are they going to get minutes? And Solomon Hill is going to start for New Orleans. Courtney Lee, who I got for a dollar, is going to start for New York. And then Andrew Bogut, you know, is going to start for Dallas. And I think you know, you're not going to stake your hopes on Andrew Bogut, but what did he play like 18 minutes a game last year? I think he's that's going to go up pretty significantly. You know, Dallas doesn't have a ton of options. Salah Mesri, I think, is the, is the backup center there, um, and I think Bogut can be really, really productive. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot with Golden State, and I think it's kind of easy to forget how good of an all-around center he can be. Yeah, you know, you and I are both high on Bogut in that in that system. Uh, this is a league where. Centers are kind of at a premium because you have to start two, and it's you know it's twelve teams. So even a guy who's maybe the fifteenth or sixteenth best center, which is which is probably you know maybe Bogut's in that twelve to sixteen range among centers, that's still plenty valuable because those guys need to be started. Uh, let's talk briefly about the uh, reserve draft, uh, some of the rookies that went on that, and and some of the uh, veterans. I had traded, I had made some trades in the offseason to, to add some some picks in that first round. So I was picking third, fifth, and I believe tenth in that first round. Uh, you were picking eighth. And I thought the first two picks to me, that like the way I treat the reserve round is this is your opportunity to add young uh, exciting talent that that you can kind of control for for years to right. come without it affecting your your auction budget. I mean, should we quickly explain just how the the reserve draft works? Sure. If that you know what that means relative to the auction. Yeah. So so you fill out your starting lineup, <clears throat> or at least enough players to to complete a starting lineup in the auction. You have one hundred sixty dollars in the auction, and then you have five reserve spots and four D League spots that you have to fill during the uh, reserve draft <clears throat> and you know your your reserves are obviously guys that you can you can slot into your lineup during the season your d-league spots are guys who ideally you don't activate 
in season and you can keep them next year without it affecting your your budget if, as long as they haven't played 20 minutes a game and as long as they haven't completed three seasons in the league and like this is a this is a reserve draft where in in the past I've gotten a guy like Joel Embiid with the first pick uh you know this is this is an opportunity where you can get a guy you know like a Draymond Green for instance uh and and really kind of keep them at an extremely low price for for several years and I was kind of surprised by the first two picks because you know some of the top rookies were off the board I guess but but Tony Parker goes with the first pick Gary Harris goes with the second pick while there are guys like Dragon Bender who I got with the third pick uh Thon Maker who Shan got with the fourth pick uh, Dante Exum uh Chris Middleton didn't even go in the auction I was kind of really torn between uh, taking Middleton over over those two younger guys. And, and then you still had guys like Wade Baldwin available, uh, Patrick McCaw, who we've talked about, or I've talked Have about we? this podcast before. So what did you think about the way that those first, like, five or ten picks shook out in that, that reserve draft? Yeah, I think it you know kind of shows where people's priorities are you know with Tony Parker going first obviously not a you know not a long-term play there but you know Gary Harris I thought was a guy who probably could have gone in the auction um you know probably one of the top three or four players still available liked your pick of Exum uh it's love Dragon Bender as well um I mean it's still way too early to see how that's going to turn out as far as Bender or Chris but I think I just think Chris is so so raw at this point that we might be a few years away from him being even you know a, a regular contributor, kind of like a Noah Vonley type of situation. Chris is gonna be in the dunk contest, and people aren't gonna have any idea who he is unless you're like someone like us who yeah. follows the draft. So, quick sidebar with this: the Vince Carter news, quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote news this past week of him saying he he might want to participate, which would be awesome in my opinion at least. Who who do you want to see in this year's contest? You got a pencil in Levine going for an unprecedented third straight. Do you want Vince I think in? You got to put Aaron Gordon in. Okay, yeah, I mean, of course. You know, I think you have to have Levine and Gordon. Right. Uh, I think they're shoo-ins if they want to do it, right. and I think they will. It's tough though because, like, how do you top what you did last year? I mean, you like, can't, right? I I would totally get it if if either of those guys. Uh, I think I think you do it if you're Levine and Gordon. You do it unless you're having a breakout season, uh, like. You know, I think you still have to do it after last year, and like that was the best dunk contest in what, fifteen years? Yeah, it was the best dunk contest since the Vince dunk. Right. Contest. So yeah, I think that was fifteen um, years. I mean, I I honestly don't care if they don't want to do it if they're having. I care if they're having like a borderline. You know, getting, you know, some. I mean, Levine's not going to get all star consideration in the West, but like I feel like Aaron Gordon, like with a with a monster year, could get a little. Maybe. All-star consideration. Maybe. East. Uh, I'm probably the highest person on him outside of him and his family. But uh, <laughs> Are you not family? Yeah, so outside of those two guys, who would I want to see? Um, I want Vince. I think it's just going to be sad. And no. See, the thing is, is I was he telling you missed, the other night. All he, he missed, like, transition dunks in recent He's also made them. All he has to he's do all he has to do is go down, throw, just throw down, like, a vintage Vince, you know, regular windmill Rev up the the motorcycle a little bit, and that's probably a fifty. Well, they he gets let him. To, well, they let him use those like bowling shoes, those like like moon boots from Arthur. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't think he needs them though. I I think like he gets the sympathy slash. He's a trampoline. Sure, I mean I'd be fine with that. To re, just recreate that one right. dunk contest where he does all those again, and then. <laughs> 
I mean, that would probably win. I mean, what I compared it to the other day was the, I think it was 04 McDonald's dunk contest where Candace Parker yeah. beat out Josh Smith, J.R. Smith, Rudy Gabe. I think she pulled the, the D Brown, covered the eyes dunk, which like clearly wasn't the best dunk there, but it was like nobody had ever seen a girl throw down like that. So she won. Like Vince doesn't have to have the best dunk. He just has to complete dunks and he'll get the nostalgia vote. So I, I, Mar- Marquise Chris is one of the, is on my short list of guys I'd want to see in the yes. contest. He's, uh, you know, he, he's kind of like Aaron Gordon in the sense that he's just small enough t- for where the dunks still look extremely impressive. Like, he's not like Dwight Howard. Well, even Giannis is who we were talking about the other night, where he threw down that, that windmill after a foul, and it was like it was very impressive, but his feet are like six inches off the ground because right. he's, he doesn't have to get up that Giannis high. Giannis is just too big and too long. John Wall's another guy like that. He has such long arms that he doesn't get that high, but he doesn't need to. kind of as compact as possible right yes uh chris chris kind of falls into that category for me um I'm trying to think from would you be down for them to expand it to six guys no no i, don't I think we have too many good dunkers i don't think we have six guys that belong oh, in come on contest. Unless, we do unless the stars are going to partake which they're not um man is there anyone we're like Anyone obvious we're forgetting that's young and not not established enough to to say no to? The- <laughs> I don't know. I mean, would Wiggins do it again? No, I don't think so. Is it? Would LeBron consider it this year? Now that he's kind of riding this happy-go-lucky oh, championship? No. Okay. Um, okay. What about what Dejounte? No. I don't know. Like, like Shaq Diallo? Like I don't know. I, I'm not a. Bi- I don't know. I don't want big guys in it. No. Like when Drummond did it, it was not. That did not go well. Dwight, I guess, has been okay. Hopefully the, the three-point shootout is uh, yeah. as loaded as it was last year. Right. Um, I think it will be. But anyway. Patrick McCaw might be in that three-point shootout, by the way. Uh, is he even going to make the rookie soft game? We'll see. Um, he, he definitely will. He's a stud. Anyway, reserve draft. After those top uh, top six guys that you mentioned, we had Waiters, went to Levine at seven. Uh, I took Shabazz. I really love that pick. I've taken him in previous reserve drafts. And yeah. never abused him. Well, you say that now. This is the year of Shabazz. Wade Baldwin was grabbed at the end of the first round. I like that pick quite a bit. Um, I mean, he's basically a Tony Allen or a Mike Conley injury away from maybe starting for this Grizzlies team. Yeah, and uh, he was sandwiched in between uh, a Patrick McCaw pick by me and a DeJounte Murray pick by me. Really, uh, the draft the draft room was a buzz. With Honestly, this. like McCaw was like the reason I I even participated in the the auction last night is I I was just that was on I was like at the the tip of my like uh, my mind like the whole night I was just kind of like when do how am I gonna get McCaw like do I go a buck do I try to get him in the auction do I have to use my first reserve pick to get him what about my second one like how long can I wait this out and and. The third, the third pick, I just, I just couldn't wait anymore because, uh, you know, who knows what, what, Par and and Trainer and well, I knew DJ wouldn't take him, uh, you know, Kreitz probably wasn't going to take him either, but you know, Par is a bit of a wild card, I guess. Uh, I just couldn't, couldn't wait anymore. And then Dejounte Murray, where you actually, you kind of threatened me, like you're like, I'm going to take Dejounte next, and then you're like, oh crap, you're picking ahead of me. Right. Were, were you actually going to take him, or was that kind of like a fake out? I wouldn't say it was a, a fake out necessarily. I, I I wasn't 100% confident in taking him, but I mean, I don't really see why not at this point. I think he's about as high upside as a guy as you're going to find at, at this point in a draft. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I, I figured you were going to take him. I just, 
it was something I thought about because I knew that, you know, I was picking ahead of your next pick. So uh, I might have been able to wait a little bit there and get a guy like TJ Warren. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't really have any more thoughts on this. I know you have a Packers-Bears game that you're I do. driving to. You have some uh, cheap canned beer that you, you have to drink yep. before that game. Yep. Uh, I have some more work to do. Right. So uh, we're going to kind of go our separate ways here. but. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to have you in the league. Uh, I mean, I think it went pretty well for us relative to, to some of the other owners in the league. So uh, hopefully we can kind of stay competitive. And if not, then we'll, we'll give each other crap uh, during the season on and off. But, but Yeah, I think either way there's going to be a lot of crap is going to be given. Yeah, and I think if you want to hear some more crap given, listen to uh, the, the Kreitz and, and DJ and Shannon pod. I'm sure they'll... Yeah, it's a nice plug. Yeah, listen to the Friday pod. If you uh, if this league or you know just hearing about this league in relation to, to any leagues that you might be in, I think the Friday pod is where there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of chatter about the league. So make sure to give that a listen. That'll do it for us um, on the Rotowire NBA podcast. DJ and the other two amigos will be with you tomorrow.